1: Well, 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 well. We have a debate coming up tomorrow night. We'll talk with Bernie Moreno, U.S. Senate candidate 1205. I want to know where he is going to be taking in the debate. Uh, Will it be in Milwaukee, Wisconsin? Uh, I would doubt it. I would doubt Bernie's going to Milwaukee. But he, like Frank LaRose, uh, two of the three candidates in the Senate primary coming up in 2024. The other is Matt Dolan. Dolan will not seek the endorsement of Donald Trump. Uh, Frank LaRose clearly wants the endorsement of Donald Trump. Otherwise, he wouldn't have fired his uh, spokesperson, Rob Nichols, a couple of weeks ago when Nichols tweeted things that were critical of Donald Trump. And Bernie Moreno, I would assume, wants Donald Trump's endorsement because uh, Bernie met with Donald Trump prior to dropping out of the Senate primary in 2020. And he dropped out because Trump was afraid that if both J.D. Vance and Bernie stayed in the race, two populist candidates, two guys who had done a lot um, outside of politics, which is becoming a rarer and rarer profile of a political candidate these days. Two guys who had done a lot outside of politics, extremely successful guys. J.D. Vance with his book Hillbilly Elegy, Bernie Moreno was building a couple of companies into multimillion dollar companies. Uh, Trump was afraid the pro-America vote would be diluted. And neither one of them would win. So he impressed upon Bernie to leave the race. Bernie complied. So I would think that gives Bernie a leg up in the endorsement of Trump. So I don't know if he's going to go to the debate or not. uh, But I think Trump should be there. And uh, the reason I think Trump should be there is because I like the idea that the affirmation of the Republican voters means enough to him that he is willing to go, in spite of the polls that say he is wildly ahead and interact with voters and prove to voters that he's not afraid of competition. The other thing that I think he is doing by looking down on the rest of the Republican field is that he is taking away from himself something he is going to want really, really bad, should he get the Republican nomination, which is the ability to shame Joe Biden for not debating him. Let's flash forward to... A presidential race that the majority of Americans definitely do not want. A rematch of Donald Trump and Joe Biden. Trump will want to get Biden into a debate because you and I both know. What are the odds of Joe Biden doing something? I was going to say saying something, but it could be doing something. So like falling over, like slurring his words, like falling asleep, which he appeared to do yesterday in Maui. What are the chances of Joe Biden in a two-hour debate, even though they'll probably pump him full of Mountain Dew and Skittles and everything else they can do to keep him awake and alive, what are the chances in a two-hour debate that Joe Biden will do something where people across America will go, man, that dude, he can't be the president. He can't be the president. We, yeah, we can't give that dude the the nuclear codes. Because he's just old and addled and not with it. But, of course, his handlers, Biden's handlers, will not want to put him on a debate stage with Donald Trump. And my guess is right now, if Joe Biden manages to weather this uh, weekend at Bernie's episode that he's living, uh, as Bernie, by the way, who was dead in that movie, um, (laughs) they're not going to let Joe Biden debate anybody. They're not going to let him debate. You say, well, then why does Trump need to debate his Republican challengers? Because Trump, if he can just shut up about the 2020 election being stolen from him. If he can stop poisoning his own chances of being president a second time with that. Contention that nobody wants to hear anymore. I didn't say it wasn't valid. I said, nobody wants to hear it anymore. You may want to hear it. You're watching the video about grainy video from Michigan and Pennsylvania. I'm not talking to you. You people are all in on the election stolen thing. You've watched 2000 mules to the point where you've worn out the DVD. But if you're like most Americans, you would like the presidential election in 2024 to be about what? 2025, 26, 27 and 28. Water under the bridge, the 2020 presidential election. So if he could stop talking about that long enough, he could shame Joe Biden by saying, this guy's old, this guy can't do the job, he's done a lousy job as president, and he won't debate me. He's afraid to debate me. He's a chicken. He's a coward. But you can't make that case if you have not stood on a stage with a ginormous lead and debated whatever it is Chris Christie thinks he has on you that he can say to take you down, if you've not dominated Ron DeSantis instead of just petulantly call him, calling him Ron Sanctimonious, if you can't stand up to the eloquence, I will say, of Vivek Ramaswamy, I mean... What is Trump afraid of? I'll tell you what he's afraid of. He's afraid of going in there and having somebody ask him about his record. Not about his indictments. You say, well, he can't go to the debate because he can't talk about his cases. I wouldn't make him talk about his cases. I think everybody on that stage with him thinks he's being persecuted. I think they're all with him on his cases in New York and Florida and Atlanta, Washington. I don't think anybody on that stage would be like, this guy's a criminal You can criticize Donald Trump without talking one syllable about his indictments. For instance, when he was elected president in 2020, he had control of both the Senate and the House. He said he would build the wall. Did he build it? No, he didn't. We are sending so much money to Ukraine, we could have built a wall around the entire continental United States with the money we've sent to Ukraine. The whole lie we were told back then was, well, we can't come up with the money. Gee, we found the money somewhere to send to Ukraine. He also did not end Obamacare. Remember when he said, I'm going to end Obamacare. Did he end Obamacare? No, he didn't. He said he was going to defund Planned Parenthood. Did we defund Planned Parenthood? No, we didn't. So he has a record, and a lot of it's good. A lot of his record's good. His economic record's really good. His Supreme Court judge's appointments are really good. Relocating the embassy in Israel to Jerusalem, really good. His foreign policy record's really good. He's got a record he shouldn't be shy about defending. But he also doesn't want to stand up there, and he doesn't want to have to talk about how he allowed Anthony Fauci and Deborah Burks and Rochelle Walensky and Francis Collins to shut down the country when his better inclination was to open it up by Easter. Remember when he said that? Everybody freaked out. We're going we're gonna to open by Easter. It's enough of this nonsense. We didn't open by Easter. We didn't open by July 4th or Memorial Day or Labor Day. Those are fair questions for him to be asked. They are fair. I'm sorry if you're so enslaved to your Trump love that you think that is above him to have to answer questions about his record. He's got such a fat lead and he has so many people who are so loyal to him. I can't fathom that he could go into the debate and screw up so bad that his lead would evaporate or even severely diminish. I can't even imagine a scenario where that would happen. And so to not go to the debate is not about him losing control of the lead that he has right now. Him not going to the debate helps Joe Biden do what he did in 2020. This time, maybe not literally, but figuratively. In 2020, Biden hid in his basement because COVID. This time he will literally hide from Trump by not debating him was, after all, the last time he debated Trump. He lied through his teeth about my son and myself and neither one of us have gotten a penny from China. He's the only guy who got any money from China pointing at Trump. I've said before, Donald Trump is the GOP candidate likeliest to lose to Joe Biden. I do not see a possible way he can beat Joe Biden if he does not debate Joe Biden. And he will not be able to debate Joe Biden if he does not debate his Republican challenge. Well, you know, we have an abortion amendment on the ballot coming up this November, and it will be an extreme amendment, uh, one that will not prevent abortion at any stage of pregnancy. If this ballot measure passes, it will also pretty much guarantee that uh, gender-affirming care will survive in Ohio, that it will not be outlawed like it has been in other states in the country. And we will see in a state that already is... um, overly awash in uh, LGBTQ ideology, uh, that will get worse, which will make it tougher to have what has been a normal upbringing for your kids in whatever school system they attend. It will be crammed down your throat at churches. You say, not at churches. Oh, well, let me stop you there. Here's an editorial from the Columbus Dispatch. The headline says, clergy, colon, meaning pastors are talking, pay attention. Faith has been hijacked to seize reproductive freedom. We will pray with our votes. Ah, wow, we have a smorgasbord of wokeness in that nonsense. Faith has been hijacked to seize reproductive freedom. So the contention of these three pastors, and by the way, if you are uh, following any of them, they are leading you straight to uh, eternal damnation. Rabbi Lindsay Danziger, Reverend Dan Clark and Reverend Raymond E. Green, Jr. They are all deeply engaged in uh, what they say is a marriage of politics and authentic religious faith. They are lying to you on each count. And they proceed to write this editorial about how their Jewish and Christian faiths uh, tell them to love our neighbors by listening to them and the sacred principle of one person, one vote. I'm going to need a, a biblical citation for that one. The uh, sacred principle of one person, one vote. Well, I mean, it's, it's kind of a tradition, one person, one vote, but I don't know that it's sacred. But it's sacred to them. You know how I know it's sacred to them? Because they're all clergy and they're all way more concerned with voting and how people vote, particularly to protect abortion, than they are with serving God. So I don't doubt that it's sacred to them. I would just submit that it's not sacred. Now, as we go through the rest of this compilation of utter nonsense and lies... We get to a few statements I'd like to submit uh, for evaluation. Everyone deserves the freedom to make their own reproductive decisions. I totally agree. I totally agree that everyone deserves the freedom to make their own reproductive decisions. No one should be forced to have sex with anyone else. And once you make the decision to have sex with somebody else, if you get pregnant, you've already made your reproductive decision. You've made the decision that you're going to run the risk of getting pregnant because, while well, I know there are myriad methods of birth control out there. There is only one that I know of that is 100% effective, and that is don't have sex, you won't get pregnant. 100%. So you can, of course, and I will not argue a bit, uh, make your own reproductive decisions, but once you make that one, And once you get pregnant, then it's out of your hands. Because now you have a life within you. Are they right? For too long, faith has been hijacked and used as a weapon to take away, you're going to love this, pregnant people's agency and autonomy. Pregnant people. Not women. There are no other kind of pregnant people other than women. There are no trans women who are pregnant. There are women who are pregnant. Okay? So this just tells you the perspective that they're coming from. And then I saw my radar uh, go off at this statement. Love brings choice and empowers us to make our own decisions about what is best for ourselves and our family. Love brings choice and empowers us, love empowers you, to make your own decision about what is best for you and your family. Now, when I want to know, or when I want to refresh your course in what love is, there's a very helpful section in the Bible that tells you what love is. It's 1 Corinthians 13, the Apostle Paul is talking, and he says, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. Whoops, let's stop right there. Love empowers us to make our own decisions about what is best for ourselves and our family. In other words, love is selfish. Not according to the Apostle Paul. He says, love is not self-seeking. So if you are going to throw your own personal empowerment card down on the table... You can do it, just don't do it in the name of love, because it is not.
0: Talk about a word that's been hijacked.
1: Yeah, you ain't kidding. word love. Uh, They continue, our faith traditions, our faith traditions. Watch those traditions, brother. They get co-opted in all kinds of ways. If you don't believe me, Ten Commandments somehow became 600 and some prohibitions against this, that, and the other by the Pharisees and the Sadducees. you got to watch the expansion of the laws of God into the traditions of man. Our faith traditions call for equality and justice. No, I don't think so. I think they call for love and service. <laughs> oh, this Bible, If this Bible didn't exist, it would be so easy to just fool people with your own interpretation of what authentic faith looks like. We believe that people can be trusted to make their own ethical, moral, and faith-informed decisions about their body, family, and future. Well, now, that's a little bit different, which is to say completely, totally different, than the faith that I have, where I'm very well aware that I cannot be trusted, nor should I be trusted, nor do I want to be trusted, to make my own judgments about what is moral and ethical. I have a instruction book that I go to that tells me what's moral and what's ethical. It's called the Bible. I don't get to set that for myself. But these three heretics do. Again, their names. Rabbi Lindsey Danziger, Reverend Raymond Green, and Reverend Dan Clark. Stay away from all three of them. They're way more concerned with lying about the faith they purport to represent. And you know that because no authentic person of faith would ever, could ever, or should ever concoct a set of evil, perverted lies to take the hideous, ugly, murderous mask off something as evil as aborting a child in a womb. I will fight these people with every ounce of energy that I have. And I hope I can enlist your help as well. There is no room for compromise with people who would end the life of an innocent unborn child, no matter what label they wear.